0: you're listening to the bride chilla podcast helping bride chillas and groom chillas plan their wedding minus the bullshit one podcast at a time with your host alicia mccormack
1: Welcome to the Bride Chiller Podcast, my lovely friends. Today on the show, we are talking about why the heck, why the hell we seem to be stuck in this mindset of having to plan a wedding in 12 or 18 or 24 or 50 years time when really we could just get down, get it happening, plan it very quickly, do it basically. My lovely guest today, Carly Kiker, has featured on the show way back. I'm going to say like two Star Wars movies ago. It was so long ago, they've created a whole new lot of Star Wars. Uh, it was, she was one of my original guests on the Save the Date Wedding podcast. That says something. And she is the author of Hitched in a Hurry, a book all about planning a wedding very quickly and just cutting all the fat. She's also, uh, from now. It's a shortengagement.com is where we find you, isn't it, Carly?
0: Yes, that's correct. A is our new home on the interwebs. Woohoo! Well, welcome back to the show. I must say it's
1: so great to have you back.
0: Thanks so much for having me again. It's it's great to hear your
1: voice. Oh, it's likewise. It literally has been two Star Wars movies since, and I know. that's how I that's how I gauge time now. I'm like, that's I know, a long I time. Love, I love how you uh, like use that as the measuring
0: stick. That's perfect. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you know, they take a long time to make those movies, and uh, I've changed show names. You've evolved your business a lot since we first talked, but the topic of Getting married and not having to just draw it out is something that is really, actually really hot in our uh, Facebook group, the Bride Chiller community at the moment. I did a post earlier oh, wow. in the year about um, asking people what, what they would tell their past selves. If they could go back and do a quick whisper in their ear about wedding planning, what would they say? And we had so many people say, oh my God, I'd just get married quickly. I wouldn't wait 18 months. We'd just get it done. And it really surprised me, mm-hmm. and I thought this is a perfect time to rehash our conversation and see where you are at with um, with the book and your business, and just to give people some hints about planning a wedding in six months or less, basically. So, where, if, where is? It? Tell me a bit about the book uh, and a little bit about the evolution of the idea and, and and why you wrote the book
0: as well in the first place. Sure. So, you know, I first wrote hitch in a hurry because I was a hitch in a hurry bride. And Mm -hmm. while planning my own wedding in 2013, I was frustrated by the fact that, you know, I would, I would look on the knot or I would look on brides.com and I would find maybe one article or one timeline that was geared towards, you know, my planning timeline. And that's it. Mm -hmm. Um, there was no comprehensive guide there was really nobody out there who was acknowledging on a consistent basis the kind of time frame that i was working with um and so at the time i was working for a magazine in dallas um which is where i'm from and i just approached the editor and i said what do you think about letting me do just an online bridal column really documenting what my pr- planning process looks like because it is different you know from what people typically talk about mm-hmm. and so they agreed to that and then after i completed that online column i thought well let's turn it into a book because, you know, that's what I had been looking for, um, during my own planning process. So I wrote Hitched in a Hurry. It was published in 2014 as a print book and it was carried by Amazon and Barnes and Noble, which was, you know, it was exciting. It was a very sexy thing, you know, for me to see Mm. my book on the shelves next to, you know, these top wedding planners books. and, And I felt really excited about that. But, you know, as time has gone on, um, It's hard to go through an entire reprint process for a print book. So um, my husband and I started talking about this last fall. And I said, I would love for there just to be a way for me to kind of consistently update our materials without going through this entire process again, um, because I really want my readers, um, you know, they're on a short a short time frame. They don't want to go back to material that was new in 2014, but is now out of date. So yeah. I wanted to be able to provide them with something totally fresh. And that's where this short engagement, you know, rebrand kind of came into play. So we're kind of going back really to where it started. Um, and on a short engagement.com I'm now blogging consistently so that brides have this, you know, immediate access to some freebies that we've put together, um, everything from like free premarital counseling kind of conversation guides to a free timeline. But then they also have access now to a digital version of our planning guide, which I'm really excited about because I'm going in and every year now I'm able to you know, completely update all of the statistics mentioned in the book. I'm able to speak to kind of the latest developments in the wedding planning world. And it's really become an even stronger resource for all of our readers, which I'm excited about.
1: I think that's great. And, and it really is the, you know, the more I talk to my listeners and, uh, our community members, I think it is actually something that people really want. You know, as I said, that it's the idea that we're really fed this, this concept that planning a wedding should take up your whole life for 18 months. You know, that's like the average. And it is Mm -hmm. ridiculous to me. And I know we, my husband and I, Rich and I, um, really, jumped in and planned and booked most of our stuff within two months of getting engaged. And it was only because our our venue wasn't available until eight months later that we actually ended up being engaged for 11 months or whatever. But we could have really just jumped in, cranked it out and gotten hitched within four months easily with everything we put together. So I think it's it's a very strange um, concept. Why is it, do you think, that the wedding industry, I'm using this as a whole, Mm -hmm. uh, air quotes, pushes this idea that you must draw this thing out for so long? To be honest, I've
0: thought about that a lot and I don't, (laughs) I don't fully understand it. Other than that, it has become quote traditional. Um, So I think, you know, brides at large are kind of going into it thinking, well, I need at least a year to plan just because that's the rhetoric that's out there. And there isn't, you know, anybody else or there wasn't until I feel like our resource came out. Somebody who's consistently saying like, actually, no, there's an alternative, you know, and you don't have to do it in 12 to 18 months. And in fact, you don't really even need that much time. Um, and now I will say, you know, for some couples, a longer engagement is right and more power to you. You know, if, if you're currently in school or if you just feel like you need some time to kind of, you know, save and, um, do some financial planning for your event, that's, that's okay. That's right for you, but you do not, you know, outside of kind of those circumstances, you don't really need a full year. Um, now I will say because this 12 to 18 month timeline is so like perpetuated by magazines, by blogs, by the wedding industry, you will find that if you're engaged for six months or less, you'll have a little bit of a harder time booking, maybe the venue you want. You might find that some vendors are pre-booked up to a year in advance And so that's where, you know, I think some brides who maybe wanted a shorter engagement find themselves having to, you know, say yes to a more extended engagement if they're not willing to compromise on some of those other things. And that's actually one of the key differences, I would say, between a bride planning her wedding in six months or less and a bride who, you know, moves forward with the quote traditional timeline is that, you know, if you're, if you're, really just wanting to get married quickly and, and minimize your planning time, you may have to make some compromises and you will have to approach it with a more flexible mindset. Um, so that's a lot of the stuff that we kind of get into on our, our blog and our website is shortengagement.com.
1: Do you think that the flexibility though can be turned to your advantage as in, if you say I'm flexible and open to getting married on a Tuesday versus Saturday mm-hmm. or a mm-hmm. Thursday afternoon or a Friday, whatever, uh, a weekday is what we call them, um, is that <laughs> <laughs> that you, you um you know say you you pick a Friday and you go okay well there probably are going to be photographers and florists and wedding planners available because they're more likely to be working weekends. If if you have that open mindedness when it comes to days and and availability, it really could work for you
0: it, and also financially as well. Oh, absolutely. That can actually be a huge um, budget saver. Yeah. Um, so there are definitely some advantages. But again, I think that So many brides, because this is what's perpetuated out there, go into wedding planning thinking, okay, what's the first Saturday night that's available? Mm -hmm. And, you know, you forget that even a Saturday morning is often open at maybe your venue of choice. So that's what Taylor and I ended up doing is, you know, we got married in the high season, which is, you know, the summer months when everybody kind of has those vacation days set aside and, um, we did get married on a Saturday, but because we hosted our wedding in the morning and we did kind of a brunch reception that just opened up a whole new world of availability in terms of venues. So, um, if you are flexible and you're willing to do a Friday or you're willing to do, you know, a Saturday morning or a Sunday, um, anything like that, you can actually save some money and um, find a lot of venues and vendors who have more availability than you otherwise would have found.
1: Mm. It's a really good. It's a really good tip, and I think a lot of people don't wouldn't even sort of consider that. And actually, it really opens a lot of doors in 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 so many ways if you if you maybe do a little bit of research and, and ask venues as well. And I also go back to this idea that. If you don't ask, they're not going to tell you. They're not probably right. going to offer up, you know, oh, that's why we've got a Thursday available. A lot of rates right. are just like, oh, we can make more money on a Saturday. And this is not me, you know, shitting on venues or anything, but it's just saying it's actually you've got – I think you've got a lot more negotiating power when you're saying, well, you haven't got anyone there on a Thursday. What else can you Absolutely. do for me as well?
0: Yeah. No, it's so true because, you know, especially – I would say especially larger venues like a hotel or a resort, they want to sell those catering dates. You know, mm. they don't want mm-hmm. them sitting empty. And so if you go in and you say, "Hey, I'm willing to host my wedding on a Thursday," um what how can you work with me here? You know, yep. this is what yep. I'm looking to spend and and they will be open having those conversations. Well, us I really
1: like your terminology. how can we how can you work with me? How can I work with you? I think that's a really powerful way to approach um negotiating and doing business thinking I'm always saying you to know, put your bride chiller business hat on and make it really right you know, work for you doesn't mean you have to go like hardcore, but it also means you you've earned this money and you've worked hard for it. so you need to make sure you spend it in a way that you get value back from it. So, yeah, it's excellent, Carly. Really good tips. I also remember way back when we first spoke, we talked about this idea that you have to buy a wedding dress a year out or you won't ever have a wedding dress and you will literally wear a Hessian bag, which is absolute rubbish. (laughs) Right. And even more so, three years down the track since our last conversation, the... dress market has completely changed and Mm -hmm. it excites me
0: talk to me about agreed
1: what, what do you think about that the three you know the the options are endless now
0: Totally. And, you know, haven't you been like just so wild and also kind of jealous? You know, like I'm jealous of brides who are now seeing these like Grace loves lace, you know, type yeah. shops and stuff that are online. And I'm like, oh my gosh, if, you know, if I had been aware of this when I was getting married, like the game would have changed, you know, yeah. I probably would have gone for a whole nother style. And there are just so many options, so many online boutiques that are carrying these kind of indie designers. Um, so it's pretty exciting. And the styles have definitely kind of started to morph as well. Um, But there are some things that really remain the same about, you know, finding a gown in six months or less. So one of those, you know, one of the things I like to tell brides is put the words or the phrase rush fee in your back pocket and don't be afraid to whip it out (laughs) because when you go into, you know, any um, salon or, or bridal boutique, they, again, are going to be used to telling brides, you need at least six months to order your gown. And mm-hmm. so if your entire engagement, you know, falls under that, their immediate, you know, kind of reaction is going to be, oh, well, that might be a problem. Mm-hmm. But if you pull out these two words, you know, I'm willing to pay a rush fee, suddenly, you know, oh, the heavens Wee! open <laughs> and there's so many more options that are available to you. Um so that's something again, don't be afraid to ask just like what can I do to make this work within my time frame um, and another thing is don't be afraid to ask to purchase you know a sample or an, an, something that's just a floor sample that maybe it's been tried on before, um but it's still you know a beautiful gown and something that you could take in to be tailored so even if a store is not like actively having um or advertising that they'll be having um a sample sale going on. If you try on a gown that you love, say, would you be willing to sell, you know, this sample to me? Because yep. chances are they'll say yes because they can order another one to keep on their floor. And then they've, they've made a sale that they wouldn't have otherwise made. So, um, you can always take those sample gowns in to a tailor to have them custom fit to you, even if, you know, what they have in the boutique isn't exactly sized to fit. Um, and then again, like, You can always rent a gown. You can certainly borrow a gown. There's been a big trend lately of brides taking like an heirloom gown, like maybe their mom's dress. Or, um, a grandma's dress. And if not using, you know, the gown in its exact, like, eighties form, Mm -hmm. um, using some of the lace from the gown and just reworking it and having a tailor do that, it can actually happen a lot quicker than you might think. Um, one of the brides that I interviewed for our book, How to Plan Your Wedding in Six Months or Less, which is the title of our new digital edition, um, she had a custom gown made in 10 days. So, There are options out there for sure. Um and then, you know, another fallback, we gotta just shout it out to David's bridal, hashtag sponsored. I'm just kidding, nothing on our website (laughs) is sponsored. Well, if they
1: would like to sponsor either of us, we're both available. David's bridal, please call (laughs) us. Please call us.
0: Call us. We're standing by, Um but you know, I ordered my gown from David's bridal and I will be totally honest because I know you keep it real on the bridezilla yeah, podcast. Yeah, do it. I had like turned my nose up to David's bridal a little bit. I was like, oh, those look cheap, you know? And when I went in and I actually tried on some of the gowns, like from their Vera Wang white line, I was shocked. I mean, I felt like it was great quality. Um, and because it is such a large chain, they have more ordering power and they're able to, you know, get you those quicker ship times. Yeah. So I was only engaged for four and a half months and I got my gown in plenty of time in to get it. Um, I got it actually custom altered. I had a beautiful Inzoni belt um, attached to the waistline and just really custom made it for myself and with plenty of time to spare. So don't turn your nose up to David's bridal Hell is what no. I say.
1: I agree, <laughs> actually. And my original, my original dress was a David's bridal. And then <laughs> everyone's heard this story 50 times. I changed my mind and I bought another dress off the rack uh, two weeks before our wedding. But mm-hmm. it was – it's only because – the dress just didn't match our, our event, but mm-hmm. I thought the dress was freaking beautiful and mm-hmm. uh, someone I donated it. I thought, let's do a bit of a, a, a little, little gift to someone and I donated it and I hope someone else wore it and had a really great time. But I love that you mentioned how easily you can accessorize and change an off the rack gown. And I'm not just, I love, is amazing. There are so many options and you know, we, most of the big high street chain stores, you know, your Cruz and your BHLDN and all these companies right. have amazing dresses that I would wear 50 times over. But adding also, like you said, a, a gorgeous, you know, from Etsy, you can get these beaded boleros and you can get right. amazing details that you could just tack onto the dress, completely different dress.
0: Totally. So- and that, that's what I did. I actually even, I was able to kind of change the waistline again, just by going into the tailor. And that, that doesn't require a whole lot of time. A tailor mm. needs about a week. So, um, I think that you just, again, you, you really just have to think outside the box when you're planning quickly. And it, it does open up a whole new world of possibilities for you.
1: After the break, Carly and I talk about how to find a venue in a hurry. There are lots of different options if you think laterally and are also willing to potentially not get married on a weekend. We also talk about the importance of accepting help and this is not just for weddings that are being planned in a couple of months or less. This is for everyone listening to this show. You know probably by now I'm a big advocate of hiring where you can and making sure your time is valuable and actually being reflected that way that you getting bang for your buck, but also being able to allocate different tasks to different professionals, friends as well, and uh, make sure you can keep your chiller. That is coming up after this. This is episode 318 of the Bride Chiller podcast. If you are new to the show, you can go right back to where it began and actually listen to Carly's first episode, which as I mentioned at the top of the show is from the originally named Save the Date Wedding Podcast, which was too much to say. And also the acronym was STD. And after a while, I got sick of saying Save the Date Wedding Podcast, but I didn't want to say the STD podcast because that is a completely different thing. If you enjoyed this show, the biggest thank you you can give to me and uh, the Bride Chiller team, which is Erica and Rich and all our mods. I don't know why I whispered that because there's no secret to that. Is <laughs> By leaving a review wherever you hear the show. It might be iTunes, Android, Spotify. And also sharing it with your friends. If you have a friend that is struggling with wed stress, that feels a bit overwhelmed and really could use a bit of bride chiller in their lives, then pass on the Bride Chiller community Facebook link. Maybe send them a bit of a, a bit of a blurb about my books, the Bride Chiller Guides. And also next time you're out together, grab their phone. I mean, don't go privately into their stuff, but grab their phone and uh, subscribe them to the Bride Chiller podcast. Maybe this is exactly what they need to get their shit in gear. Right. That's all I have to say about that. Now it is back to my interview with the delightful Carly Kiker. We're talking all about planning a wedding in a short amount of time. And even if you have two years to go when you're planning your wedding, The information that Carly shares, I think, is really valuable and also just shows how you can cut the process down so you aren't doing this for the next 18 to 24 months. Get tasks done. Make sure you're managing your time in a way that's good for you and uh, move on with your life. Go and enjoy. Get a hobby. Get a side hustle. Let's do this. Tell me a little bit about talking to venues, especially um, when it comes to working to a tight schedule there's a couple of websites I found I'd love to hear your opinion about people that cancel things and it's not just weddings that have been canceled I mean other events Mm -hmm. and stuff and you can you can sort of find and track uh, venues that have cancellations and that have availability have you ever used any of those
0: you know I haven't but that actually sounds like it would be a great resource for brides planning quickly because now again it's probably something where you're having to check regularly to see yeah. if that venue you're interested in if it pops up um so you you would have to kind of you know budget your time and make sure the research is really paying off and you're seeing some return on the investment of your time in that way. But, um, that, I mean, that does happen, right? Like somebody's supposed to host even, you know, like a business conference or something at a hotel and suddenly they've got to reschedule. So the ballroom's open. Um, so I think that that sounds like it would be an excellent resource. There's also, um, I'd featured
1: a a, a company called Splicer, which is, um, like Spacer with an L, Spacer.co, mm-hmm. and they are like the uh, Airbnb for for commercial spaces, and mm-hmm. it's a really great concept. That it's art galleries and it's bloody hairdressing studios, anything that you could hire to you have a party in, basically, or or, or have a business meeting or whatever. And mm-hmm. I think there it was a really great concept because it's they're not necessarily quote unquote conventional locations but they're more likely to be spaces that aren't, you know, booked up with weddings for 50 weekends in a row. So great. I think if you think outside the box a little bit with the venue as well, it could give you an advantage of, of finding something that no one else has thought of.
0: Right. And I love that. And, you know, I, Taylor and I, that's my husband. <laughs> Hello. I'm married. Hello. <laughs> I, <haven't>, I realize <laughs> I haven't mentioned him yet, but we love he him. <laughs> yes. He's an active part of this blogging business as well. Um, but, you know, we really wanted to get married. I-, I wanted to do almost a historic home or something like that. And, um, you know, Splicer, I I looked at their site and they actually, they have some really cool spaces available and, Mm. um, that you're right. That can definitely open up new venue opportunities for you. I do think it's important for, you know, brides planning weddings in six months or less though, to keep in mind that if you're not at a traditional venue space, that could require you to bring in more vendors than you would otherwise have to, you know, the, one of the advantages of going, to a hotel or, you know, just, um, kind of a set venue space, like a, you know, a country club or what have you is that they've got house linens, they've got house tables and chairs, they typically will have a preferred vendor list. So you, you know, you've kind of got immediate access to a florist and to a lighting specialist and all of these things. And, you know, if you secure a venue that is kind of atypical, um, in terms of hosting weddings, it can look incredible but you're going to have to do a lot more legwork on your own. Mm. So again, um, it's up to every bride to kind of consider what is my priority. Um, ultimately, Taylor and I ended up choosing a resort, um, even though I had wanted this historic home because they were able to provide the in-house catering and just kind of I could knock out all these birds with one stone. Yeah. And so um, the yeah. amount of time that it saved, that ended up having greater weight for me than like, this vision of this beautiful Pinterest-style, like, historic home wedding, you know.
1: And, and well, look, I mean, I think it's – the all-inclusive packages are also something that I think we – I give it a really bad name, and I actually completely disagree with yeah. people crapping on them because I think they're incredibly yeah. handy. They can be very cost-effective, but also they can be very expensive if you want them to be as well. It doesn't – it's not all just cut-price stuff, but also – you're really cutting a lot of corners with having to chase 50 vendors when it's all in the one place.
0: Right. And again, like I don't want to scare brides off though, of this idea of going for kind of a cool indie space because Mm. you can do it. Yeah. um, Certainly. And I will say if that's something that you have on your mind and that really appeals to you, I would definitely say that hiring a wedding planner is worth it. Definitely. Um, I think a lot of brides, i sometimes think well it's just going to cost me a lot of money for stuff i can technically do myself and Yes. Technically you can plan your wedding all by yourself. But again, by hiring a wedding planner, you're getting immediate access to a preferred vendor list. Mm -hmm. Um, they're going to do a lot of this legwork on your behalf. They've got, you know, a mega understanding of how, um, contracts work. You're not going to have to like deal with, you know, understanding all this legalese that is probably totally over your head (laughs) unless you went to law school. And um, they've got those, you know, they can, they can pull in everything that you need quickly. Um, and so ultimately, even though you might pay a little bit more out of your budget in order to hire this event planning expert, it's going to benefit you in the long run because your stress level is just going to drop <laughs> way down. And that's always a good thing. I am
1: such a pro. I mean, you know, my listeners would know I'm so pro help and so pro delegating yes. to professionals, especially, and especially if you Time is tight, and you just want to get stuff done. Find find moments that are, you know activities and things that you find value in that you could actually achieve and not stress out. Do them, and then right. give the rest to someone else. <laughs>
0: Get right because it. how many like pinterest fails have we all had right. you know and i i think that there's this really exciting you know w- we all go into wedding planning like i'm going to be a diy bride i'm going to tie dye my own backdrop like it's going to be gorgeous and then you're 3 weeks out from the wedding and you've done three things yeah. <laughs> you know um on your like dream like i will do these things myself list yeah. so i i'm i'm all for diy like Trust me, I'm a arts and crafts type girl. I'm all about it. But you have to be realistic because you know, I would say the vast majority of women, you know, planning their weddings today are also working full time. And so, um, when you come home from work and it's time to dig into all those wedding planning tasks and time to actually tie dye that backdrop, you're tired. Yeah. And maybe you just want a glass of wine and to chill, and like oh, that's watch what, TV. My, it's my life's goal. <laughs> yeah. That's, <laughs> that's the life goal. So, um, you know, I think having a wedding planner to help you like decide, okay, this is a task that, yes, girl, go for it. DIY this, knock it out of the park. But then let me kind of handle some of these other vendors and all these these coordination details and these tasks that you really don't have time or energy for. And so, yeah, delegate. I'm all for it. Um. Yeah, me
1: too. And I I think there are so many clever people with clever skills and uh, time on their hands to do those skills. Just fucking pay them. That's all I have to say.
0: Just, uh, just give them the money. It's worth it.
1: <laughs> you know, I have to say, Carly, and, and I've been through the publishing process this year of publishing a, a couple of books and it's been great. And one thing that I did learn a lot about was we'd Set up. We'd had a, our physical books printed, and then I wanted to convert them to Kindle. And uh, mm-hmm. I looked up. I thought, oh, fuck it. I'll do it myself. It's just in InDesign. We've got it all in InDesign anyway. Um, mm-hmm. You could just convert it. It's easy. And of course, I sat there for two and a half hours. I'm not even an InDesign user. <laughs> Rich, my husband's the InDesign. Yeah. He's at work, and I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to go on Upwork. Uh, and just put mm-hmm. the thing up and say, you know, here's my budget. Can someone help? Oh, my gosh. I found a guy who completely – in the end, you had to write HTML code to convert it because it's a pretty pretty looking book. It's not like a black and white boring book or whatever. And it was right. complicated and he did it. And then I cursed myself for going, Alicia, you sat there <laughs> for three hours, four hours one morning when you could have been doing 50 million other things. But you're a tight ass when you could have just given that guy the thing, oh, I've I've got to sometimes, you know, go take some of my own medicine in a way and just go stop being a a tight ass. Your time is valuable and it's worth more than 50 bucks or whatever to fix something.
0: And your time, your time is so valuable. And I think... You know, could that time, you know, be used to just invest in your relationship and in your future marriage? Yeah. If if the answer is yes then delegate the stuff that you don't want to do to somebody who is an expert at doing that stuff. Mm. Um, because you know what, negotiating like venue contracts and all of that, it's not really fun or the sexy part for sure. No. Um, and so allowing somebody to kind of advocate for you and be on your team and be having those conversations while you are maybe – Booking a premarital counseling appointment or just going on a date night, mm-hmm. you know, um, investing in this future marriage that lies beyond this one wedding day event. I think that that is such a good use of your time and your budget. And it will pay dividends because you're going to enter into marriage in just a good, relaxed state of mind. Um, and you're not of going to spend, you know, your, your short engagement just stressing out and just being um, out of your mind, honestly, trying to make it to the finish line. You're going to be there and you're going to be excited and um, you're going to have a team in place that has helped bring all these ideas to life in a really beautiful way while you have gained this added advantage of investing in the marriage that, that lies beyond the I do
1: we 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 preach, we preach the same, and I love that uh, I was sort of stalking your Instagram um recently, and a quote you posted really resonated with me, and that is being engaged isn't that great. And yeah, <laughs> I yes. I love it. And I also think, um I, you know, I had a chapter in my book that's called "It's okay to Feel like Shit." And I really think, we need to keep reminding everyone that not everyone dreams of getting hitched or planning a wedding. They might dream of having a great party, but the actual process is not for everyone. And it's not easy mm-hmm. uh, uh 98% of the time. it's not super easy. And also we've all got a lot of other things going on. And this, right. this mass sort of hysteria that we're all supposed to be having a freaking amazing time and, you know, enjoying mm-hmm. every moment, it's, it's just lies, I think. I don't want to be a dippy downer.
0: <laughs> no, I agree. And I've I've talked about this too, is that I I do not want to be this voice that's a downer and saying like, Well, engagement just sucks, you know? But You have to prepare yourself for the reality because if you don't, then you will see all of these images that are just constantly flooding your Instagram and your Pinterest of these happily ever after moments and these bridesmaids at beautiful brunches and just people looking like they're having the time of their lives. And if you are sitting there at, I know who are these these people and why are they always smiling? I don't know. But if if you're at your... Right. They're, they're the stock people, you know, that are used <laughs> yeah. on websites to deceive the rest of us normal people. But like Taylor and I got into, you know, a big fight, like after our floral appointment, because I was sitting there like a zombie saying, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Because I was so burnt out and I was so overwhelmed. that I literally could not put a thought together. And I'm like, this isn't how it's quote supposed to be, because I'm comparing, you know, my reality to this, this projected image of what I thought wedding planning was supposed to look like that I'm seeing out there, you know, in, in magazines and on all my friends feeds and this, that, and the other. Um, So again, I agree with you. I don't want to be a downer, but I do want to help brides and couples just realistically prepare for the emotional stressors and stuff that go along with engagement. Because you know what? That's real. And you know what? In marriage, you're going to deal with some of that that same conflict. So um, be prepared for it now and use all of that to help um, grow your communication and just strengthen your relationship now and in the future. I love it. A short engagement
1: is uh, a shortengagement.com is where you will find out more information. And also, uh, you'll be able to download the book, read the book. Absolutely.
0: Yes. Get to
1: know you and, uh, look at lovely, lovely photos of nice things.
0: <laughs> yes. which – which is always great. And I did want to say, you know, with our updated, um, you know, digital planning guide, which is how to plan your wedding in six months or less, you know, it's essentially the same planning information that was on our print book, Hitched in a Hurry. And both are available on com. But, um, you know, our digital guide, in addition to having these, you know, more than 70 pages of just straight kind of wedding planning instruction that is all geared towards brides planning weddings in six months or less, we've also included, you know, two editable templates that you can actually download and use to create your own order of ceremony and a wedding program. We've got two bonus books. Um, one is just real life love stories from other couples who've planned quick weddings, Mm -hmm. including even a couple who, you know, said I do after 10 days. Um, and then another bonus book that's what happily ever after really means, which again, that's all about just the realness of kind of the newlywed life. Um, it's something that I wrote after our print book first came out when I'm just, I was surrounded by about three weeks of laundry and we're eating, you know, frozen pizza for the fourth day in a row. And I'm like, (laughs) am I failing at life you know and then again I came back to that same place of like no this is just it is what it is and this is where we're at right now and um, kind of just talking about um, how to realistically prepare for the marriage that is beyond that you know fairy tale wedding day and then we've got a gift budgeting chart we've got a worksheet that kind of helps you define um, what's behind the reason that you said yes to your own short engagement. And then just for fun, a little quiz called, Are You a Breadzilla? Because... We all know that we can have those tendencies at times,
1: and they will answer no because they listen to Bride Chiller and they listen to you.
0: That's right. <laughs> that is right. Every, all of your listeners should be a firm no on that quiz.
1: Exactly. Oh, Carly, it's so lovely to reconnect, and I'm so glad that things are working out so well for you, and you are still, uh, you know, I, I love that you're spreading this message, and it's it's something I'm I'm really uh, believe strongly in this, and I think that. People just don't need to get wrapped up in this idea that they need to be planning this thing for the next fifty five years. Just cut it short if it's not totally.
0: <laughs> get on with life. Totally, like live. Get on with life. Go eat those frozen pizzas with your husband and just rock it out and take cool vacations and get to all the other good stuff that's on the other side of the wedding. There's so many other good things, exactly.
1: Oh, Carly, thank you so much again for for returning to the Bride Chiller podcast, and I really hope we can connect again in the future.
0: Thanks so much. I hope so too. Thanks for
1: having me. Happy days. The Bride Chilla Podcast, empowering
0: you to kick wedding planning ass every day.